0: Hello. Welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I have some exciting news. In addition to this podcast, I am beginning another podcast that will feature steamy and ultra-steamy romance novels. These will be available on the platform, Ream Stories. Ream Stories is busy finalizing the ability to upload audiobooks to their site. As soon as it's up, I'll let you know and you can listen to the steamy side of Confessions of a Fallen Good Girl. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. The ebook is now available on Amazon. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 30 Late Thursday Afternoon Jack entered his office and smiled when he saw Bella and Alicia talking on the sofa. It seemed right having her there. Her hanging in his office somehow made her feel like she belonged with him like it somehow transformed her from a co-worker to a woman he cared for, and he wanted everyone to know that. Hey, he said as he walked to his desk and set his backpack down. The trip to the hotel had been insightful, even though it hadn't gleaned them the treasure trove of information. But he knew the photo album was golden. Mike popped in behind him. When his gaze landed on Alicia, a smile eased the rough lines of his face. Want to go home? he asked Alicia. He was wiped and planned on crashing when he got home. Yes, Alicia cheered, popping up from the sofa. She was ready for some new scenery. As much as she enjoyed hanging out with Bella, she wanted to chill and relax in her own home on her sofa with Forrest on her lap. The little Yorkshire Terrier was always a comfort when she was stressed. She also knew that Mike needed a mental break from all of this. Although he wouldn't tell her much... She hoped he'd fill her in on the details that she could know. Alicia slid her hand into Mike's and looked over her shoulder towards Bella as she neared the door. Take care, she said with a smile, her eyes cutting to Jack. She was glad that this situation was bonding them. You too, Bella replied, as Alicia pulled the door closed behind her. Bella's stomach flipped. She didn't know what she'd been thinking earlier, kissing Jack like that. Her head and heart were muddled up. Her emotions messed with her head. She was angry, frustrated, ashamed, and it felt like every other negative energy that could apply to the Eric situation. But when Jack had seared her with his hot gaze, the negative feelings that gripped her insides had melted away, and she became putty in his hands. She cleared her throat and returned his heated stare. Did it go okay? She asked with a raised eyebrow. She'd never asked how operations went. She'd always maintained a distance from the jobs. Her sole responsibility was office support and customer relations. Asking Jack about missions was a new thing for her. Jack leaned against his desk with his legs stretched out in front of him. He wanted to sit beside her on the sofa and pull her lips to his and taste her again. But he'd lost control last time that they had kissed and hurt her. He'd been overwhelmed by his desire for her. So, to ease the temptation, he stayed where he was. Yeah, Logan's going to stay here and work on some new leads. He crossed his arms over his chest to fight the temptation to pull her into his embrace. Would you like to go to my place? he offered. You can stay in the guest room. I have food and a large screen television. He pointed to her laptop. I can guarantee the picture at my place is better. She ripped her eyes off his broad chest and closed the lid on her laptop. That sounds great, she said with relief. As comfy as his sofa had been, she craved a shower and a big bed. She knew she couldn't return to her own apartment until this was over, and that was understandable. But it sickened her to think that Eric may have bugged or planted cameras in her apartment. The creep factor was off the charts. They walked in comfortable silence to Jack's truck and made the short drive to Holy Smoke's Barbecue to pick up the takeout. It was a little early for dinner, But with the threat-induced all-nighter, their schedule was all messed up, and perhaps it was the exhaustion that caused Jack to miss the tale that followed them, as they drove through town. The warmth of the food seeped into Bella's thighs as she cradled the bag on her lap. She was starving. With everything happening so quickly, they'd skipped lunch, and her breakfast had consisted of an oatmeal bar and a few goldfish that had stocked the emergency snack bag she kept in her bottom drawer. The aroma of the fried chicken made her mouth water. She couldn't wait to try the hush puppies. She pressed her hands against the sides of the bag as they made their way to Jack's house and let the heat warm her chilled fingers. Jack pulled into his neighborhood, and Bella's heart raced a little faster. She'd never been to his place before, and as he pulled into the driveway, she was impressed. Wow, Jack, this is not what I expected. The neighborhood wasn't far from work, but it was a more established neighborhood with nice family houses. It felt quaint, like it was a set for the movie Pleasantville. She figured a lot of June Cleavers and Carol Brady's lived in this neighborhood. "'What?' he turned his head and looked to her. "'You thought I lived in a box under a bridge?' he teased with a wink. "'No,' she said, shaking her head with a giggle. "'It's so unlike you. I can't wait to see the inside.' The traditional-style house was made of brick with an oversized porch leading to the front door. The house itself wasn't huge, but she could imagine it on a large lot with a few horses grazing behind fences and lots of kids playing in the yard. It reminded her of something in a Norman Rockwell picture. The flower beds that lined the house were filled with mature bushes and shrubs. She imagined that the beds would burst with color during the spring and summer. Jack eased the truck into the garage and cut the engine. He draped a wrist over the steering wheel and faced her. Home sweet home. I'll get your bags. After getting her bags, he opened the door and disarmed the security system. They stepped into the kitchen from the garage. Bella immediately liked the dark granite that covered the kitchen countertops and island. Setting the food bags on the island, she noticed the entertainment room off the kitchen. You're right, she added with an exaggerated head nod. Your television is bigger than my laptop. She teased and pointed at the television. A huge screen hung on the wall opposite the kitchen and in front of a convertible sofa that seated seven or eight people. Curious, she walked down the little hallway and the rest of the first floor opening to an office that overlooked the front yard and a large room that could be the dining room and formal living room. The dining room was connected to the kitchen and the living room looked out at the front yard. The large space was empty. Not a piece of furniture filled the area not even a rug to soften the wood floors. She looked over her shoulder at Jack. So, she dragged out the word, I'm guessing you don't host very many family holidays, she teased with a smile. Jack crossed his arms and leaned casually in the doorway that led to the kitchen. You're very observant. He hadn't bought dining room and living room furniture for a reason. He didn't want to formally entertain, and he figured if he ever did that it would be with a woman. He didn't want to buy furniture that she may hate and want to replace. He wasn't a fan of wasting money. As tough as he portrayed himself, he had a soft heart that he kept well protected. His childhood family had exploded and left him feeling betrayed by his father, who cheated and then abandoned them. He'd refused to become his father, and he knew why he bought this house. It was a family house. It represented everything he hoped to have one day. And one day... He would go furniture shopping with the woman of his dreams. She liked the way his eyes sparkled when he teased, and his stance in the doorway exuded confidence and raw sex appeal. She'd wasted too much time being nervous around him. She should have known that he wouldn't be the type to carry a grudge if she said something that he didn't like. He dealt with shit and moved on. He liked the way her eyes wandered over his body. Want something to drink? He tilted his head towards the kitchen. Isn't it about time for your pain meds? She was warmed by the fact that he cared enough to even know that piece of information. She'd started writing down what she took and when, so she wouldn't get confused. He must have seen the chart on his desk at work. She'd slipped it into her purse before they left for his house. Yes, it is. But I'm impressed you have room in your head to think about that, with everything else going on. There was so much going on in his head. Concerning her, that he wouldn't share with her. At least, not yet. He'd made a few moves, and she'd reciprocated when he'd kissed her. He took that as a good sign. Now, he just needed to wait her out. She needed time to heal, both emotionally and physically. We can finish the tour after we eat. I'm starving. He tossed a thumb over his shoulder towards the kitchen. Bella followed Jack into the kitchen and opened the takeout bag while he grabbed the plates and silverware. Grease spots marked the white bag that contained the hush puppies. Pulling out the fried chicken, she broke off a piece of the crunchy coating and was in heaven. She moaned as she savored the food. This is incredible. She took off another bite of the crunchy coating and popped it in her mouth. Jack's cock responded to her moan. He wanted to be the cause of those sounds coming from her. He pulled open the fridge and grabbed a beer. Looking over his shoulder at her, he said, I have soda, water, and orange juice. Bella walked to him and poked her head under his arm to check out the drinks, as he rested his hand on top of the fridge. Hmm, I'll stick with water. She cocked her head to the side and pierced him with her gaze. I noticed you didn't offer me a beer. He barked out a laugh. Ha, no mixing meds with alcohol. But don't worry, I'll get a little tipsy and you can take advantage of me all you want. He gave her a panty-melting smile. Bella laughed and patted him on the back, her hand smoothing over his t-shirt. It was easy to imagine him shirtless, the way he was when she walked in on him in his office. She pulled her hand away because the image in her mind would do nothing for her resolve. She was nowhere near ready for anything with him. She cocked her head to the side and said, You misjudge me. I would never take advantage of a man. Giving him a flirty wink. She turned and walked back to the food. Sitting down at the kitchen table, they dug into the food, devouring it as if they hadn't eaten in days. Jack had told Bella that this would be some of the best food she'd ever eaten, and he was right. Her stomach swelled with the high-fat food, but she kept eating. Bella dipped her last hush puppy into the ketchup and studied Jack as he scraped the last bits of chicken from the bone. Cocking his head to the side, he paused with his hand halfway to his mouth, and said, "'What?' "'Thanks for doing this,' she signaled to the food in the house, taking me in. Bella shrugged her shoulder. "'You've been great.' She wanted to thank him for not rubbing her nose and the fact that she'd been duped by a maniac. She'd been a fool to not recognize that Eric was playing her. She felt stupid. And worse yet, she now felt tears puddle in her eyes. Jack's brows pulled together as Bella's visage transformed from happiness to sadness. Hey, he set his hand on hers. What's wrong? Bella poked her knife into the picked over chicken breast. I was a fool, and you've been kind enough not to point it out. First, Jack began, you weren't a fool. None of us were surprised when you showed up with a man. Any man would be lucky to have your friendship. He shrugged. Your love he added. "'Eric took advantage of you. He's the asshole. That doesn't make you anything but someone who sees the good in others. That's a good thing.' He seldom saw the good in others. He was so busy looking for the con that he'd lost the ability to focus on the good. That was one reason he'd been so drawn to her. She hadn't been jaded by the incessant negativity that swarmed like locusts in the world. Second, I care about you.' I'd never want to hurt you, and I certainly can't fault you for being a wonderful person. Bella leaned back in her chair and tucked her hair behind her ear. At least I didn't sleep with him. She let out a big breath. How pathetic would that be, sleeping with the man who tried to kill me? Jax and her man-boy whooped and hollered at the confirmation that she hadn't slept with the asshole. He tried not to show his relief. See, that was a great decision, he said. The frustrated look on Bella's face shifted into a smile. It was, wasn't it? She replied. Her voice lost the sad edge and filled with confidence. Of course, she didn't tell Jack that if she hadn't had a yeast infection that she would have certainly had sex with Eric. He didn't need to know that. She'd just let him think that she had good judgment. Should we clean this up and watch a movie? Jack motioned to the dirty dishes. Sure, Bella replied. "'scooting her chair back and standing up. "'I'll handle the dishes. "'You deal with the leftovers. "'Deal. "'Chapter 31. Assam Tomir watched from a distance "'as the man from Savage Security "'escorted the Asian woman to his truck. Assam flipped through the dossier on the men "'and realized that the man was Jack Black, "'a seasoned warrior, and the woman was Bella Chan, "'a civilian with no trained self-defense skills.' From the looks of her, she was injured, afraid, and basically helpless when it came to self-defense. He only needed to wait for her to be alone, and then he'd finish her. He owed that to Hazim, and to the members of his team, that either died or were captured the night before in the FBI raid. She had been Hazim's inn, the one he'd used to infiltrate the team. But somewhere, it all went wrong. Assam would make that right. He'd accepted that he wouldn't be able to get to the man. At the speed at which things were moving, he didn't have the time to craft a plan, but he needed to get to her. He bet that she knew what happened to Hazim. She had been there. Perhaps she knew where he was. If he got his hands on her, he'd question her and then kill her. Assam followed Jack's truck from a distance to avoid being noticed. With Jack's background, Assam knew that he could spot a tail. They'd stopped first at the barbecue restaurant to pick up. Then, when Jack's truck pulled into his neighborhood, Assam continued down the road. Following him into his neighborhood was too risky. He knew that Jack would be in full protective mode. The man lived, breathed, and ate protection. But so did Assam. He'd used his position to his advantage. For now, Assam would return to work to get his laptop and see what else he could learn. He needed to know how much time he had before everything hit the fan. Chapter 32 Logan stared at the picture of the three women in Aditya's little photo book. As conflicted as his feelings were, when he saw the happiness in Aditya's face with the two other women, he couldn't help but feel sorry for her. She'd lost the most important people to her, her twin and best friend, and that had changed her. Ultimately, it killed her. Cole stopped behind Logan and looked at the picture that took up the computer screen in front of him. He recognized Aditya and her sister, but he didn't know who the third one was. Jabbing his finger at the image, he asked, "'Do you know who's in the middle?' Logan nodded his head. "'Yes. I got a match through the facial recognition program. "'That picture filled in some blanks that had been eluding them. "'Her name is Priya Kapoor.' She's dead. Logan took his eyes off the raven-haired beauty with the big brown eyes and faced Cole. You'll never guess who her father is. This picture connected dots, but it also raised lots of questions. Cole crossed his arms over his chest and glanced at Logan, and then returned his focus to the picture. The three women were beautifully radiant and exuded happiness in the picture. It was eerie to look at them and know that the trio was dead. Who? Dr. Sai Kapoor. Cole's eyebrows scrunched together as he went through his mental Rolodex for the name. It didn't ring any bells. Should I know that name? Logan opened another screen of the computer and an article about Dr. Sai Kapoor filled the screen. He's not a medical doctor. He has a PhD in nanotechnology, and he's a bigwig from Nanogen. Their headquarters is in North Carolina's Research Triangle Park. Nanogen's research and development is cutting-edge. They're also the leader in the nanotechnology field. They have several contracts for government jobs. That was why there was no information on that kind of technology in the scientific or engineering magazines. The technology was top secret. Cole nodded his head as he thought this new information through. You're thinking he's the one who gave Aditya the bug? That made sense. She got that incredible piece of technology from someone. It wasn't on the open market yet. Book a flight to Raleigh and talk to Dr. Kapoor. Cole considered for a moment letting Logan go by himself, but there were too many unknowns. Was Dr. Kapoor working with a foreign government? He wasn't willing to lose a friend. Take Ryan with you. You can be the good cop. He can be the bad cop. Logan nodded in agreement. Okay. I'll get on it. Cole walked away, and Logan went to the airline site and booked the flights for Ryan and himself. He couldn't wait to talk to Dr. Kapoor. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you enjoyed these chapters. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash cherish lively. Goodbye.